The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Hey, uh, welcome to the Jeremiah Show, Dr. D. How you doing? We're, we're in here on a Monday. I love this, and it, it looks like rain out there. I know, and there's even the 20% chance for what? rain on the Tuesday, which means this is sort of a precursor. What about today? Is it, is I've it seen today, nothing about rain today, uh, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We like the rain here. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, we got a great show today. And, yeah. Uh, it, it, so much so that such a special guest and this is a on good, the show. Yeah, this is a good irony, though. It really is. It's a good irony. We're doing radio, and who do we have on the program today? I'm not going to tell you yet. <laughs> I like to tease you, Doc. Okay. You know, you know that. All right, so let me, I'll get to the intro, though, so that we can get to our special guest yes. and give her most of the time. All right, drum roll, like, like, like Tim Sachs says, drum roll, please. Yes. <laughs> I love this quote. I'm going to read this first. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lives within us. Oh, wow. I love that. Please Don't tell me who that? said that. Henry David Thoreau. Ooh. Great. I got to read that, some of his stuff. He's so quotable. Yeah. So quotable. Okay, so let me tell you a little story here before we get to our special guest. Relating to the topic mm-hmm. at hand today. When I was a child, my grandmother gave me a gift that completely lit my imagination on fire at this young age when I received this gift. It was a simple enough gift, but within its pages, it opened the world to me. It was only maybe one inch thick. It arrived every month. Its glossy pages often stuck together, so fresh off the press were they, (laughs) until they were carefully separated by my small fingers, where their colors and their magnificence unveiled itself and burst forth. The pages smelled of ink, and what I imagine a photographer's darkroom must smell like, chemicals and developing fluids. I can guess the magazine. (laughs) I bet you can. My grandmother had bought me a year subscription for National Geographic, and I (laughs) fell in love with the photography. Was that what you were going to guess? That or life. Life, yeah. Life was a good one. Oh, yeah. But National Geographic, even today, it's the same. I haven't held a National Geographic in my hands for so many years. Oh. Got to change that. But they... Honestly, my imagination, I spent hours, hours looking at these. At that these was when photog- they took you places you'd never been right? long before the internet and live cameras and all of that stuff. It was fabulous. And, and world-class award-winning photographers. Oh, I yeah. mean, just, just amazing shots. So this is my first, my first experience with photography. Month after month, uh, my mailbox brought me another gift. The gift of seeing the world, imagining the far-off places. Like I said, I would spend hours, hours and hours every day laying on the floor, slowly (laughs) flipping the pages. My imagination could not be contained, and I made up stories from the photographs that I saw. 
I never did anything with a photography bug, but photography does still excite, excite my imagination. Just like a good book, I can get lost in a great photograph, sometimes for hours, like when I was a child. Silo 118 is so pleased to announce that their exhibition of new images by international award-winning photographer Patricia Houghton-Clark is extended till November 12th. Oh, great. Yeah, it was it, it finished on the 29th and it by popular demand and uh, and Insistence. just the, the great ex, yeah, just the great photos crying uh, and please, <laughs> cli- please. Cli- banging on the door, please, <laughs> please more days. November 12th it's been extended to. Um so the series that started in 2014 is Patricia's California Redwood series. The title is Primal Wild. Love that title. Love it. And it portrays a deep dive into the natural world. The Primal Wild, Dr. D. Mm. These analog images reflect a yearning for the quiet and the wisdom of our ancient majestic forests. Patricia is a self-taught, award-winning photographer and has focused her imagery on culture, history, and human nature. She has decades of travel in over 40 countries and years of work in visual arts and social justice efforts, projection creation, photography, fine art exhibitions, teaching, and community development. As the co-founder of an award-winning affordable housing nonprofit and volunteer with refugee support organizations, Her work has been an exploration of humanity, both near, here at home, and far. From the jungles of Borneo to the drag culture of Southern California, her interest in blending photographic work with a quest to promote understanding between cultures has powered her imagery for many years. Patricia's award-winning photography has been featured in exhibitions and publications around the United States and Europe. A unique collection of her photographs from the 2007 Obama presidential campaign and election night in Grant Park is included in the Barack Obama presidential library collection. Mm. She speaks three more, <laughs> three more languages than me. Because I'm obviously not speaking English very well today. <laughs> <laughs> she speaks English, Spanish, and Italian. <laughs> and her new book, Facing Ourselves, Reckoning, is out now. I'm going to give you information on how you can get that. It's a beautiful book. Mm. Patricia Houghton-Clark is our very special guest today. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you. Well, you know, um, I don't know... Uh, it, how I feel is that uh, it's so great for you to be here for us because it's an honor. It's an honor to have you on and to talk photography and all things in your world. You have a fascinating life you're living here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's a total pleasure. I look forward to our chat. You you look forward to? Our chat. Oh, a chat. Yeah, we're just going to have a little chat here. That's it. I hope you, I hope you're, Enjoying the, uh, do we find you in Santa Barbara or where in the world do we find you today? I'm actually in my um, live work loft in Carpinteria. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Um, I noticed on Facebook, I was looking through your Facebook and, and we've got a lot of the same friends. So that was nice. Nice to see. And I, I love Carpinteria. I, just, I was just out there for the avocado festival. Isn't that such a great, great little city, great little town? town and they're very welcoming and i really enjoyed living here i've been here for seven about seven and a half years now mm. well yeah it's um so you've got the what it looks like and feels like a little bit out there storm clouds so i hope you're having a nice cup of tea or cup of coffee and we're gonna have a little chat as as patricia says mm-hmm. i'd love to ask in regards to the your start uh not so much in terms of who gave you your first camera that kind of thing but in terms of the processing part, that's what always intrigues me because I took a photography class in college. It was a junior college and it was one semester and it was black and white. And I learned how to take from the film 
put it in the camera, take the shots, take it out of the camera, put it into the developing container, process it in the developing container, then take it into the dark room to the enlarger with the photo paper and the enlarger and create the images. And I loved the fact that I could literally go from beginning to end and and have a finished work and it was so cool is that how you started with the chemicals and the containers and all of that stuff no i didn't i didn't start with that i started um really doing my photography full-time later when digital dark rooms had pretty much taken over dark rooms mm. and so i have a um film processor in town his name is sam amin who is an extraordinary technician and artist and he's been developing my black and white film for many many years and um so i get my film and i take it into him and then i call him and i say did anything show up on the film <laughs> <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed anything there <laughs> did i take the lens cap off did i remember to yeah. do that so he's uh, been extraordinarily helpful and uh, along with many other people and so I, um, I actually do all my post-production in my studio and I use Lightroom and then I, I can print my own work up to a certain size and whatever I can't print, I send to um, Reno to a lab there with somebody that I've been working with for many years as well. Well, Patricia, we, I want to build up to go forward and then go back to, to your early days. But let's talk about one thing that I read over and over and over as I did my research on you for this interview. You've had, most in the most simple stated way, you've had this lifelong fascination with human beings. And I don't know if everybody has a fascination with human beings. I don't, do, we, do we think about each other enough? I don't think we do. But I wanted to kind of dissect that a little bit and understand this fascination that you have and how it manifests itself in your in your work. Um, more specifically, I think it's been said that you have a real fascination with human nature and you've pursued a lifelong journey of understanding our basic human nature through foreign lands and at home, through all these travels, these 40 countries and more. And you've captured a lot of this through your camera lens. Where did this early fascination come from and and then how did it manifest in your life to become this this career that you have now that you've well you know it's interesting you were talking about national geographics mm -hmm. and my parents had a collection of national geographics at home and i did the same thing that you were talking about i would sit by myself in a room and just pouring over and looking at maps getting the globe out looking at where things were yeah i, I forgot the globe i did that too <laughs> yeah. and and that really um yeah i grew up obviously in, in the states and um it was just like you were saying it was this window into wow <laughs> it was out there right <laughs> and, um, it's been so cool because my grandchildren i've introduced them to them and when they come visit me, they don't live in town. When they come visit me, they go straight to the National Geographics and pull them out. And they'll sit there for hours doing the same. So, so that um, availability through the printed matter and those photographs and the stories definitely had a big influence on me. And um, the other, another, another publication that actually had a big influence on me was... Um, the book by Rachel Carson, The Sense of Wonder. Hmm. I don't know if I know that. Do you, Dr. D? No. no? It's an amazing book, and my eldest sister gave it to me when I was 12, and she said, I kind of think you might like this. And it was, I just went, wow, this is, I totally related to what she was writing about in the photographs. And so I, I've always been kind of a wanderer. I grew up in the middle of eight children, eight girls. And Wow, yeah. eight girls. <laughs> yeah, eight girls. I can't even imagine what the, her father must have gone through <laughs> <laughs> with wanting to protect eight girls. Wow. Yeah, yeah. really unusual life. But um, and so I was in the I was the middle child. I was sort of the observer. You know, I would sort of hang back and watch everybody and 
go out for these long walks by myself. In fact, this Primal Wild show reminds me of those days when I would just kind of just observing, you know, mm -hmm. just observing, um, what was out there and who was out there. And I feel really fortunate that I had the space to do that. You know, I didn't have a programmed childhood. We went to school. To school you just kind of fended for yourself. Still mm -hmm. didn't, you know? And um, there was a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. And so that inspired, that helped inspire your fascination with the world and, and just observing. Uh, but before we move on from National Graphic, I think that's really fascinating that that was also an inspiration to you. And just to reflect on that magazine for a moment. See, I, didn't, I haven't held one. I haven't seen one for many, many years. Um, I've seen National Geographic on TV, the channel, but I haven't seen an actual, which is so much different. I've got um, some at home. I'll bring them in for you. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, well, remember, remember how the old ones smell too? Oh, yeah, the, the smell oh, they, the, the they're, ink, they're like, like you're saying, yeah. And then the old, old, like a little bit of as they got older, you know, and they're packed into boxes and the mill kind of a mildewy a smell, bit, and, yeah, uh, and that all that stuff, that great stuff, which just lent, you know, just kind of brought a, the photographs even more to light. It had a it was a um. Uh, a smelling mega <laughs> smell oh, magazine. Was, yeah, so it was a full century kind yeah, of full thing, century. visual Thank you. as well as uh, uh, um, uh, olfactory. Now the uh, so you're saying, Patricia, that your grandchildren they still make the magazine. I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm sure they do, but I'm I, I just didn't know this. And um, it, it, how do your grandchildren react when they've got cell phones now with you know? photos on let's say instagram uh versus wh where they're they've got this actually this magazine do do they talk well, those, those particular children don't have cell phones oh that's good being <laughs> oh. them away from them um they're eight and ten and as a matter of fact they're living in oaxaca right now so that they can learn to speak spanish and get the experience of living in another culture mm, smart parents i like that that's good yeah. Well, do you see the same did you see that in your grandchildren i'm just very curious about this that that curiosity and spending all that time i mean think about a magazine that you spent that many hours with i mean they're really i can't think of many others i mean you mentioned life dr yeah. d and and uh the, the magazine that you mentioned the book that you mentioned but isn't that a unique experience and did you did it still have many generations later the same effect on your grandchildren yeah definitely definitely and it also kind of you know there might be a story in there that that kind of brings back a, a memory for me and so it opens up stories for me with them of my own life which kind of adds a different depth to it for them right so you look at them together and then they they're able you're able to share experiences with them from your own experience now um did you do you remember uh, a a particular magazine or the first magazine or just national geographic in general i don't remember the first one but i i have to say the other really big influence for me were um uh, it was i think it was a time life series of the great painters mm -hmm. and i spent a lot of time looking at the painters and so um Rembrandt in particular it was a big, a big uh, resource for me. And as it's turned out, my work incorporates a lot of chiaroscuro and finding natural light. So there was the combination of the painters and the National Geographic that kind of created this merge for me in my interests and style. And you mentioned that you, as a middle child, you had this freedom where you went out and you wandered and you observed things and were in nature. Um, did When did you pick up a camera first and when did you start realizing you were going to capture your vision, your view of the world on film? You know, I, I, ha I had a camera as a child and... Um, probably like most kids did, you know, I had a little Instamatic and, and I loved getting my pictures back. And, and then over the years I was always shooting and, and then I started traveling when I was 19 and it was actually in Africa. I went on a trans Africa trip with my ex-husband and I were on a, a group 
trip from London to Nairobi four months in the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a moment that I remembered not that long ago where I was standing in the Sahara Desert and wishing I had a way to transmit what I was seeing. And I had a little Instamatic, you know, one of those pocket Instamatics. And years later, I thought, oh, my God, it was the camera. I found the way that I could transmit what I see and what I feel. Mm. Well, that's that's a beautiful story. And when we come back, I want to I want to dig a little bit more into that, you know, that fascination that you have with human nature and capturing them through your lens. Um, we're going to come right back from a break. Stick with us. Let me let, tell you how you can find Patricia Houghton Clark. You can find her on your web her website at Patricia. HoughtonClark.com. Let me spell Houghton for you. H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. And then Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E.com. Patricia HoughtonClark.com. You can also find her on Instagram at P-C-P-H-O-T-O-G. On Facebook at Patricia Photography. And Silo 118 presents Patricia Houghton Clark's Primal Wild. Started on October 14th. It's been extended to November 12th. You can go to silo118.com. You say that you're troubled and you always have been Uncomfortable in your own skin so you contemplate the river bed Turn off the dark thoughts in your head Darling, darling, that dam's gonna give It's inevitable the way Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel, I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. We're here with Patricia Houghton Clark. She is an international award-winning fine art photographer. She's just released her new book, Facing Ourselves, Reckoning. Um, welcome back, Patricia. Hum- we're, we're talking human nature. We're talking human nature and your fascination with it. I've got a fascination with human nature. Um, you pursued a lifelong journey, again, of understanding our basic human nature through your travels and your camera lens and your art. Um, we started talking about the early fascination of human nature, and, and you mentioned, you know, one of eight, you're a daughter of one, you've got eight sisters or seven sisters. You're one of eight in the family, um, and you got out and you just explored and you and nature and 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 then slowly developed over your lifetime this this uh, realizing that the camera was your 
was was the the vehicle or the vessel in which you would um, you could you could bring what you see and and your perspective to us. Um, and it's just some beautiful, beautiful work. I, I, I want to send you if if you're not driving your car when you're listening to this, check out Patricia Houghton clark.com and you can see some of your your outstanding work okay so did you see a career patricia through the study of our of the basics of our human nature or did that was that just one subject out of many that you explore i was always interested in you know, in history and travel and art. And I did a lot of different, I worked in a lot of different mediums before I settled on photography, including batik and spent time living in Java and working in a small bamboo hut with a few artists in the mid seventies. And um, so I've studied painting and drawing and um, I've written quite a bit, but I never studied photography. And um, as I kept going and traveling, I realized that my photographs were really um, representing me the best and that I felt the most kinship with, with that medium. And um, as it turns out, interestingly enough, my, I'm named after my father and my grandfather. So it was Herbert Houghton Clark Sr., Herbert Houghton Clark Jr., and then me. And... Um, when I started showing my work, my father said, you know, I used to teach photography. <laughs> I said, really? I had no idea. Incredible. He was also a shooter, and, but I never saw his work. He was very secretive about it. And we didn't live close by, and so I never saw his studio or anything. So it was really interesting to me. It makes you wonder about how things are passed down. Mm-hmm. For sure. That, that's 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 so interesting, and I love that you're named after your father and grandfather. That's 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 beautiful. Uh, when you see all the things that that are happening today, I mean, on my way in here, I was watching about you know the Russians holding up the 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 ships with the grain, you know, to feed all these you know these developing countries and this and all the things that have been happening. There's just been so much, and and uh, in your opinion, Patricia. You know, human nature, you look, you want to see the good side. There's a lot of good. But in your opinion, how are we flawed from your travels and your, the photographs, the things that you capture? How are humans flawed in your opinion? That's a really good question. You know, I tend to, I tend to sort of just absorb the fact that humans are flawed across the board. You know, there, there are flaws. You could go to any country, you can go to any city, and you're going to find people who are doing things that, that I would consider negative or dark or hurtful. And when I work with a community, what I try to do is transform that and say, despite all this darkness, like with the, mig- the migration project that I started in 2011, it was looking at refugees and how they were coming into Southern Europe and Southern Italy in particular. And so I went to talk to the villagers to say, how are you doing this? Because I know you don't have much resources either. And um, this lovely man said to me, we know what it's like to carry a suitcase. Mm. They had had this history of migration themselves and so their empathy was really high. Mm. And that's what I focus on. I was going to ask that. Is there the negative in the world, the bad in the world sometimes gets, well, actually, I think it always gets the most attention. Mm-hmm. How, what is you, what is your eye, your lens attracted to most? Do you, do you tend to see that negative and, and capture that? And that's what resonates with at showings with your art or, or do you find what is your nature, your your natural, uh, you know, your natural inclination? What's your natural, what are you drawn to naturally? Your eye, your, what you care about and your art. I would say what I'm drawn to naturally, I'll give you an example. When I was um, working um, with the refugees, someone said to me, oh my gosh, you know, you should go down to the border 
This was during Trump's presidency, and you should be photographing what's happening at the border. And I said, there are a lot of great photographers down there who are doing that, and they're doing a great job. And my focus is on almost the next step, like what comes from that? How are communities welcoming people? And, and how, can we, how can we make it better? And it's not to discount the, the negative at all. It's like this primal wild show. I've chosen not to talk a lot about the degradation and the scariness of losing the forest, but rather to give an opportunity to walk into a, a forest environment in a gallery so that you can feel it and feel joy and feel peace. And, and then, you know, let's talk about what we need to do. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break before I, uh, I we go to that break though. Let's talk about how, in your opinion, we are magnificent creatures. What are some of the best that you've seen in people? Right now, you want me to talk about that? Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I would say just, you know, like what this man told me, we, we know what it's like to carry a suitcase. I think that, that human beings are more compassionate than negative. I think we're more loving than not. And, uh, you know, you see it every day. You see it every day. And if we get so focused on what people are doing wrong, which is all sensationalized, we miss out on everything else. And so it, it, it feels just totally natural to me. It's not like it's even a decision for me. I'm not attracted to go to a disaster. I'm just not. It's mm. not. I, I know it's going to be covered and we will be able to see it. But it's not. It, I feel like that's my work. Patricia Houghton Clark is our special guest today. She's an international award-winning fine art photographer. Her book is out. It's Facing Ourselves, Reckoning. You can find her on Instagram at PCPHOTOG, PC Photog. On Facebook at Patricia Houghton Clark photography and uh, her website might be the easiest go to her website you can find all the links to everything else at patricia houghton clark.com houghton again is spelled h-o-u-g-h-t-o-n you can also dm patricia for more information about fine art archival prints and check her out in person at Silo and her art at Silo 118 as it presents Patricia Houghton Clark Primal Wild. It ends on November 12th, so get there uh, as soon as you can. Silo118.com. Uh, we will be right back. One. We are now fundraising to support the people of Ukraine through Direct Relief International and the International Organization for Migration. Facing Ourselves, Reckoning is a book supporting social change. Ten years after journeying to a small Italian village where the Facing Ourselves project was born, photographer and activist Patricia Houghton Clark made her way through 2020, camera in hand, documenting the changes in our lives through the lens of a small central California coastal communities. Seeking to help foster positive change and channel the emotional turmoil of recent events, Patricia created a unique hardcover photography book called Facing Ourselves Reckoning and is donating all profits to national and international social justice organizations. Known for her international fine art documentary photography exhibitions, she believes this series will be more accessible in book form while also serving the greater community by noting all sales and proceeds. Facing Ourselves Reckoning is a signed hardcover book featuring black and white and color photographs and inspirational quotes. You can purchase by going to facingourselves.org backslash reckoning and in person or online at Chaucer's Books in Santa Barbara, California. Patricia says, this is my love letter. Along with the rest of humanity, I witnessed the isolation and the terror of a pandemic and the outpouring of passionate calls for racial and economic justice. Balanced by the respite that our natural world brought to the everyday lives of those fortunate to experience it, 
I mourn the lack of contact with my family and my friends and sought inspiration from others who have so much to teach us. Patricia Houghton Clark. We'll be right back. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are Girl Named Tom. Go to girlnamedtom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. Joining us this hour is the fascinating, international, award-winning fine art photographer, Patricia Houghton-Clark. Um, Silo 118 has a gallery showing. They, they started, um, God, they started this back on October 14th to the 29th of October, right? And uh, it was... It had such a great showing and so much demand. They've extended those dates to November 12th at Silo 118. You can go to silo118.com for more information. Um, Patricia is our special guest here today. And I wanted to, I just love the title of the Primal Wild of the gallery show at Silo 118. Um, Why did she name it? Primal Wild. The answer, Dr. D, is in Patricia's Primal Wild Artist Talk. Ah. She gave a talk at the at the gallery one night, a reading. So Patricia, now I'm going to ask her to uh, most kindly read from her speech right now for us. And you're going to get the answer. Okay. I'm happy to do that for you, Jenna. Thank you. My feelings about what I observe, the composition, and the light inspire how I receive imagery. I do my best to get out of the way and let wonder come through. Sometimes they are as I imagine, and sometimes they arrive as a complete surprise. Whether I'm photographing people or street scenes or landscapes, the feeling is always the same. The redwoods have been a constant throughout my life, starting very young. On family summer trips to the Northwest, our parents always made sure to stop and wander among these magnificent giants. 
instilling a shared love for the forest that still inhabits us all. In later years, my own little family was looking for safe and beautiful space, and we bought 40 acres of forest land in Humboldt County, surrounded by redwoods. My children's heritage includes a deep love and respect for these forests, and they are passing it on to their children. Hopefully this cycle will continue for generations to come. This show is called Primal Wild because my interior landscape was calling for solid earth and silence and beauty. An urgent situation in my immediate family thrust me into the depths and I was overcome by a longing to be held in a place that matched my own primal and raging wild. And so in 2014, I found myself setting out back to the redwoods, this time with a simple camera in hand. I have since returned many times, seeking solace in a challenging world to several different groves, always with my simple camera and no expectations. I imagine I will continue these expeditions in the years to come and will see and feel something extraordinary every time. Mm, beautiful. I love this that line because my interior landscape was calling for solid earth and silence and beauty. Interior landscape. I like that. I'm going to have to borrow that if I may. Uh, in my program, I encourage people to go within to listen to that still small voice and I encourage them to spend time in that quiet, peaceful, calm, still place, just just relaxing and listening. And uh, I like I like that phrase. I have a question for you, and it kind of stems from a song, a country song I heard uh, where uh, and, and the gist of the song was uh, this conversation was taking place between the singer songwriter and an interviewer. And the interviewer asked him, uh, what would you do if you weren't doing this? Well, the whole song basically says, I'd be doing this if I wasn't doing this, basically. Is there anything else? that you can even imagine yourself doing if you weren't doing this? No, there isn't. There really isn't. It's, it's sort of the, all these different elements of my life and myself have come together in my work. And the work takes different forms. So I don't just do gallery exhibitions. I do, and I'm working on a, a documentary project that's a really kind of broad right now. And that as well to get involved. I like collaborating with people, but it's all connected. It's all connected. And so it's, it fills me up. It's very nourishing for me. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a way of, with words as well. And, and, you know, that, you know, that, that quote uh, in your speech, because my interior landscape was calling for solid earth and silence and beauty. Uh, you know, I wanted you to explain that, but I, but I, but you do such a good job with so few words, and I think we can all probably, uh, unless you'd like to explain it, what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, earth and and that feeling when you're among the redwoods, or you're in a forest, or you're, uh, or after a rain, or just you know that silence, that solid earth, that beauty that you get, you get so much back from. Um, What is, uh, Patricia, what is the relationship between you and your camera? What is that? Is there a special relationship there? Or do you, is it just a vessel for your, for your eye? It's, it's an, it's kind of become an extension of me, I'd say. And it doesn't really matter which camera I use. I use a few different cameras. I chose to use a plastic camera that shoots analog film to be working in the redwoods. I do, I kind of go back and forth between digital and analog and the, the analog, um, the style of shooting that I really like um, to do with the analog camera is it's basically a no technology camera. There are, there's very little control you have over the camera. And so you're really relying on your eye and mm. your sense of composition and mm. the light. It's really it. And you literally have to tape the camera closed to keep the plastic pieces from being mismatched. And it's called a holka. Mm. 
And I really love sitting with it. And, 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 but for certain things, you know, the portrait series I did in Italy was all digital, but it's, I always shoot with natural light. So I, I um, am someone who doesn't resonate with a lot of mechanics. Okay. So I tend to, if I do a portrait, it's always finding the natural light. Mm, I, like, I like that. It's the way I think it's um, for me, uh, gear would get in the way. Mm. You understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, for example, when I'm doing, when I did the, the refugee um, series in Italy, I realized that a lot of my subjects had never had their photograph taken. And so I, I realized I needed to kind of talk them through it because I think we all know that feeling when a camera goes up, you kind of freeze a little bit. Right, right. Something is in between you. And um, the train's coming. Would you like? <laughs> well, I, that is so interesting. Because one of my, my next question for you was, is there a safety and a comfort for you? Patricia, when you position your instrument between you and your subject, is there a comfort for you? But I hadn't thought about that. I mean, the, the, what you're describing when you turn a camera on someone and that 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 initial reaction of all those things that they kind of <laughs> go yeah, through. Yeah, talk about that because it's really kind of um, essential for me, and, and it explains sort of. Well, oh, let's take like let's take the break while while your train goes by. Um, and by the way, do you have to catch that train, or are you off to another great country <laughs> or another state? Uh, we'll be right back with uh, our. Well, now the train sounds like the train's gone. It's just going by right. It was quick. <laughs> International award-winning fine art photographer Patricia. Houghton Clark. We'll be right back. Let me let, tell you how you can find Patricia Houghton Clark. You can find her on your web, her website at patriciahoughtonclark.com. Let me spell Houghton for you. H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N and then Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E.com. patriciahoughtonclark.com. You can also find her on Instagram at P-C-P-H-O-T-O-G. On Facebook at Patricia Houghton Clark dot photography and silo 118 presents Patricia Houghton Clark's Primal Wild started on October 14th. It's been extended to November 12th. You can go to silo 118.com. Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Ann Hitch. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, your loved home. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen. Hey, this is Jeff Stunk Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. back to the Jeremiah Show. We've got, uh, as our very special guest today, international award-winning fine art photographer with a gallery show showing right now, Silo 118, down in the funk zone, Patricia Houghton Clark. Welcome back, Patricia. We were talking about, before the break, uh, your series that you shot in Italy and how some of the people had not, uh, your subjects had not been photographed before. And that feeling that, that in between that camera, that comfort or discomfort, uh, please continue. Yeah, so, so I realized that it was going to be helpful for me to explain what's happening between us. Mm. So I, I hold the camera up and I say, you see this machine here? So we'll be talking for a few minutes and I'm always maintaining eye contact. And then I'll put the camera up and I say, you see, I'm putting this machine in front of my eye, but you, you need to understand that that's my eye and we're still having a conversation. The photo session is a conversation between us. It's not a surface. I'm not photographing your surface. I'm actually connecting with who you are. And it's been amazing actually to see how there's this like, oh, you know, this sort of relaxing that happens yeah that's great I, I love that i think i might have to use that every time i photograph my family from here on out <laughs> no i'd love that though not to make light of it i think that's a beautiful way to put that and uh and it and it's um a whole new way of looking at it. really i could see where that all of a sudden you, they get it or you get it and you're like okay she's still looking at me there's nothing let's just there's, there's almost that aspect of the Native American uh, perspective that uh, they didn't like their pictures taken because they felt that you were taking their soul. When you took their picture, you were taking their soul. And in a manner of speaking, you're not taking it, but you are sort of, you are capturing it, but you're not actually taking it in the image. They still get to keep their soul. But now you've got, I don't know you, if you'd call it a, a reflection or, or uh, what have you. And you got a connection person. between. I, and a connection, Patricia, exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. a connection, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me, let's go back to your um, fr- uh, Primal Wild, your, show at, your gallery showing at uh, Silo 118. What is, um, what's your perspective f- from, for how it's going and, and what, and what, 
people that walk through the gallery and see your your beautiful artwork, um, how they take that in. What are what are you what are you feeling from that? What I what I've noticed in um, people's reaction is that there is so most a palpable kind of energy drop in the room, and it gets really quiet. And I have had people tell me there and also write to me and say that they felt like they were taking a forest bath. Hmm. And that's something that happened. I forget the term in Japanese, but there is a Japanese term for going into nature and literally taking what they call forest bath in order to keep your nervous system calmed down and your anxiety level. And, and it's really interesting to see that that these framed photographs are somehow also conveying that and maybe partly because it's really um it's not a mixed subject it's all redwood forests every picture is from a redwood forest and different aspects of a redwood forest some of them are very detailed some of them are you know looking up you know that classic kind of looking yeah. up trees and some of them are a little like uh just like little holes into the universe, you know, that you don't expect. And um, so I think there's what I was really hoping to convey was how it felt to be in there. And and I think that we've accomplished that. Yeah. It sounds like you have. Did you say, did you call it a forest bath? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. We've got a couple minutes left. There's so many things to talk to you about, Patricia, but Tell me about, because I'm very curious, and I think it'd be, we can end on this, facing the Facing Ourselves Project. So you want just an overview of it? Yeah, I mean, I can, I know it's forged on the front lines of the surging wave of Northern Amer uh, African, Western Asian, and the Middle Eastern refugees. Um, and then, the, you know, then you tell us about the documentary, the documentarians, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Let's let's clean that up a little bit too, Doctor. Mm -hmm. let's, mm -hmm. let's let me just go let me just ask you about the Facing Ourselves project and give us a, a couple minute overview if you wouldn't mind. If if that's important for you to get out there, which I think it is. I think so. Okay. Um, Facing Ourselves project I started in a little village in southern Italy, um, where I had been an artist resident in two thousand eleven and I was really welcomed into the community and i speak italian which really helped but um so i went back there five years later because of the influx of the refugees and the migration issues that were happening all over europe and so the project is really it really is a broad concept obviously mm -hmm. facing ourselves and so what does that mean and we're not just facing ourselves but we're facing each other and there are so many ways to go with it. So it's, it has started as a portrait project and going into communities. I've worked in London and I've worked here in Carpinteria. And um, now it's broadening into a, a larger kind of deep dive into family ancestry. And so it's a wide open project that I think has a lot of potential to do some really interesting things and bring up a lot of interesting approaches. Yeah, and you can get to, you can find out more and, and see how you can help through Patricia's website, uh, Patricia PatriciaHoughtonClark.com, uh, and I'm going to spell it H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, uh, PatriciaHoughtonClark.com. You can find out and read a lot more on that. It's so interesting. And the, and the photography and the work that you display on your Instagram and also on your website uh, really encourage you can go there and you can spend hours and hours looking at Patricia's artwork and her photography. Patricia, thank you so much for joining us. Just the last thing I wanted to say what your Obama series in 2007, which I believe was probably shot up at the city college. It looks like part of it was shot up there. I was actually at that, um, at that, that rally, that speech. So that's, I, I loved looking back at those photos. Um, that was such an amazing, such a different time in the country. Uh, as far as the, the the feeling of hope at that time when Obama was out and talking and speaking mm. and just the whole country versus right now. So I hope I hope we can get a little bit of a taste of that back at some point. But it's nice to look at all of your photographs. And thank you so much for your art and for 
coming on the show and sharing a little bit of your life with us again. And it's such a pleasure to be with you both. Oh, thank you, Patricia. So again, the show uh, is at Silo 118. You can check it out on Silo118.com and communicate, but listen more and evolve. See you next week. and you are listening to the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm up putting my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore That cold black cloud is coming down This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, The Jeremiah Show. I love you. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 